Hello film lovers and welcome to the place where anything can happen. Yes, hold on to your hats. It's time for the Films I Love Most podcast live. because um i'll be honest with you i need to get dressed <laughs> i've just had a shower <laughs> so, brilliant right now i'm just about to uh get some clothes on and get comfortable so we can discuss this i'm very excited <laughs> i hope you're not expecting the best film review in the world because i'm not yeah, the best as long as, <laughs> as long as you say that, as long as you don't say the phrase which i hate when you ask anybody about anything and they just go yeah not too bad not too bad it was all right <laughs> yeah i'm like oh i hate that so much it really grinds my i know ears. yeah just just sitting on the fence it's uh just tell me what you yeah. really think <laughs> not too bad it's like oh come on give me a bit more than that <laughs> i got really excited then i was like oh who's ringing me <laughs> and then you saw it was the excitement dissipated. <laughs> like always, uh, it's like always punctual. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? How's your morning been? Tell me what you done this morning. Um, I, I've actually just watched a film. Have you? Yeah. Um, I've watched a, a film on Netflix called The Platform. Oh my goodness! We can discuss that as well in this <laughs> yeah. combo. Definitely. Have you seen it? Well, yeah, I have seen it, and I will say that it's the one film that you do not want to watch while you're having your dinner. No, <laughs> not at all. I made a joke to um, my friend's mum, who I always used to go around there for dinner, and we mm-hmm. watched the film, and she'd seen it, and I was discussing it with her, and I said, I'm not going to be too rude about your cooking, but you're definitely one of the lower levels. <laughs> <laughs> Your, your cooking skill is definitely like floor number 97 or something. <laughs> oh, bless her. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. It wasn't like the first time you met her and it was just like just insulting her food. <laughs> <laughs> no, my cooking skills are like floor 200. Like there's just loads of like dog <laughs> poos on there. And, um, At least you're honest. <laughs> well, that's that too. So I'm just applying applying the deodorant, just so that I smell nice for you. There we go. Oh. I've not got it yet, so I feel quite... Like having yeah, Sundays... That's all right. Sunday mornings are my, are my busy mornings. Oh, I see, they're so... my... Just stay in bed until you have to get up morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mine are get up at... Get up 
I, I do the gym on Sunday because it, I just find it better to do it on a Sunday and then, you know, get it over and done with and then can enjoy the week. Yeah. So I do it in the morning at like half seven and then the rest of the day is mine. Yeah, I suppose. Well, it depends, like, because I work every other weekend. So if I'm not in work of a weekend, I have a really productive weekend. Whereas if I'm in work on the Saturday, then I kind of just stay in bed all day on Sunday. Yeah, you're like, where my weekend is all right off. Just like, I'll just do what I want on Sunday. Watch what I want. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So... um... Do you, have you got but, a partner or do you live by yourself or what's the situation there? Because um, it relates to so, what we're going to talk about. So I live with my best friend. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. We also oh, work together. <laughs> oh, great. Because um, yeah. it's it's quite difficult, isn't it, when you live with someone to actually get to watch the films that you want to watch and the right TV. 100 percent Like we spend more time trying to figure out what we're going to watch than actually watching it because we are yes. so different in our that, tastes in TV and film. Yeah, that's the problem with Netflix, isn't it? Is that, and, you, do you want to watch a film on Netflix? Yeah, okay. Well, the film that we watched tonight was scrolling <laughs> again. <laughs> the worst thing is we've got Sky as well. So we've got Sky Cinema. So it, it makes, oh, it broadens yeah. our horizons by so much more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we we normally just end up watching really shit TV. (laughs) Yeah, like, or really shit films, you know, like, just... That you've seen a hundred times before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or Saw 16. (laughs) Something that no one's ever watched. (laughs) Yeah. But I was was quite... um, Get drawn to the platform then. Um, a friend told me about it, and um, I was—I've had it in like my say, my watch list for ages. And I was just—I woke up this morning. and I was like, oh, "Do I put something like easy watching on, or should I watch a film?" And I was like, "Oh, I might watch that film actually." And I yeah. just put it on because, like, the thing is with me with films, I'm quite difficult, so I've got to be really engaged in something to give that much time to it so yeah. when I saw it was only an hour and a half long as well I was like oh do you know what you've got an hour and a half just watch it do you know you saying that makes makes me think because I think before Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. any film that was an hour and a half was like oh my god it's a bit of a mission 90 minutes so yeah, I'm gonna sit for 90 minutes, minutes. epic <laughs> Epic. <laughs> and, and then now, if an hour is released, films, I know. Yeah. if a film's two and a half hours long, now you're like, is that it? Yeah, exactly. Two and a half hours. I can hold my pee for that long. It's fine. I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> and then something like Endgame comes out, which I think uh, it was roughly about three and a half days long, or something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're like, oh god, you know, films are just getting longer. But I think it's also you know, they have a lot of story to tell. And if you watch yeah. a film like Endgame, pretty much a lot of it is just like punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty, rah, you know, smashing See, that's, people. That's not my thing. Like, I, I don't really like action films. Yeah. Like, people I'm... buzz off like the Avengers and stuff, and I just think I, I couldn't give my time to it because I just wouldn't enjoy it. Sure. I think that if you actually cut out all the, the punchy, fighty, fighty stuff... I reckon probably Endgame would be about 
13 and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly around that. It's like a... I, I, I don't know if you've seen that. I think apparently uh, Draco Malfoy is only in Harry Potter for about 20 minutes or something in all seven films. <laughs> I was like, when I read that, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, but if you think about um, Judy Dench in uh, Shakespeare in Love, she mm-hmm. won she won the Oscar and she was only in it for about five and a half minutes. Oh, some good acting from her. She's amazing. I, think I love that- her. I think that it's not necessarily. I, I, I think it's the epitome, isn't it, of quality, not quantity. Yeah, hundred percent. Whereas I think I find that with some films as well. You you know you just think this film would be quite good, but the idea just does not carry. You know, a three-hour film, for example. Yeah, it just needs to be a little bit shorter. Because I think sometimes yeah. they just they just overdo it a little bit, and it's like, well, if you just take this out and you just take that out, then it probably would would be more enjoyable. Yeah. I think you've probably you've probably learned from like the chats that I've had that I'm I'm well into film. I don't exist in the real world really. I <laughs> I, I live in a cinematic universe. See, I I don't watch that many films to be honest because <clears throat> like I said it just comes back to the whole really having to be invested in it. So, yeah, there's like loads of films that everybody's watched, and I'm like, mm, I've never watched that. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. I mean, it does. You have to be interested and like are drawn to it in some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. to enjoy. It, really. Yeah. See, I quite I like a lot of like psychological thrillers. Like, yeah. I think that that's what engages me a lot. Like being like, oh my god, like as if this is happening, like. And I also like rom-coms because I am a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, rom-coms, I, I do like a rom-com, but I like it with an edge. You know, like when I was growing up, you had like the yeah. sort of teen flicks, like slash rom-coms, like Clueless and... Oh, I love you, Clueless. Um, <laughs> I watch She's All That. Yeah. Bring It On. Because Bring It On. Yeah, really. oh my God, I love Bring It On. Do you agree? Like, Bring It On is a romantic comedy. It's just got loads of, like, cheerleading in it, too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> it's cold in here. There must be some torals in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I've got that out of my system. <laughs> I literally, I think, I, think, um, I think it was no shock to my friends and family when I came out because I used to do pretty much all the routines to bring it on from a very young age. <laughs> And quote the film left, right, and centre. But um, so, do you like? I'm going to throw some films at you now, and I just want to okay. like maybe maybe give a one a one sentence like thought. Do you think like things like Gone Girl? I yeah, absolutely love Gone Girl. It's one of my favourite films. Is that your bag, like Gone Girl. Yeah. Uh... Um, Steve on here taught me the phrase. That really tickles my pickle, so I think I'm going to carry oh, yeah. that. <laughs> I've heard that before. Floats my boat. My so, gone girl. What about uh, the girl on the train? I've not actually watched that yet. You know, um, okay. I, I bought the book about four years ago. Okay. And I'm the I'm the worst at committing to a book, and I said that I wanted to read the book before I watched the film. 
and because I'm so bad at committing to reading books, <laughs> I haven't yet read it. So therefore, I haven't yet watched the film. So yeah. <laughs> it, it comes up on Sky all the time. And I'm like, should I just watch it? And I'm like, no, read the book first. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to read the book. So I'm in like this little argument with myself about what to do about it. I think with the book that the reason why the book was so popular is the style of it that it's written in so it's written from uh-huh. like different different perspective like first person and I think that it had been a while since a book had come out like that which is why it was yeah. such a but obviously you can't really do like not diary entries so to speak but like first person it's quite difficult to do that in a film yeah and I don't think I don't think the film succeeded very much to be honest yeah Although I will, I will say that um, when I was um, at theatre school, my drama teacher was Luke Evans, who has now obviously gone on to uh, to do quite a few things. Like uh, he was Gaston in the New Be- in the Beast, and he's in Fast and Furious and all these films. So he's become quite a big Hollywood deal. And he was in Gone Girl playing the husband. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I think that maybe that ruined the film for me as well. Oh, because you kind of knew him on a personal level. It was like, mm. it's Luke, <laughs> Luke. What you doing, Luke? I've, I've been out on a night with him. I could tell you some stories, but I just yeah. remember this is recorded, right? And I don't want a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's in um, Only God Forgives as well with Ryan Gosling, isn't he? Yeah, and he's yeah. in Rise, Ben Wheatley's High Rise, which I will recommend to you. Because there's a scene in it where Tom Hiddleston um, is butt naked. Okay. And um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, so, <laughs> Just <that> on there. <laughs> moving on. That was it. Um, it's a great film. So okay. So let's talk about. Let's set it up. So The Invisible Man is a yeah. 2020 Australian slash American sci-fi. Yeah psychological horror film written and directed by Lee Wannell loosely based on the novel by the same name by H.G. Wells starring Elizabeth Moss who yep. okay so where's where to start so I'm quite a big fan of H.G. Wells because when I was a kid I was a proper geek and I used to what like love War of the Worlds and and the, the Isle of Dr. Moreau and all those books. So I, I did read um, The Invisible Man, and, and it's a completely different entity to this film. This film has got <laughs> actually no relation, really, to the original book, but the idea of someone, you know, being invisible is sort of the only thing that's carried over. Right, okay. So, <laughs> the opening sequence, that's what I'd like you to talk about first. The opening sequence, all I can say about that is she's got the walking wardrobe of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I can I just say, that. me and you are oh. going to approach this from two very different angles. <laughs> 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 she's got the walking wardrobe to die for. <laughs> well, she has. I was watching that and I was thinking, whatever she's doing, she needs to stay with him because I, I don't think I could give that up. Like, is she okay? But then I started to think things must be bad if she's willing to, to give that house up and, and that life that she obviously has. Yeah. See, I looked at it from the the um, perspective of the cinematography. That whole sequence, right. you know, camera locked off, pointing at the bed. Yeah. You know, her sneaking out and 
getting you know all of their things together and she'd obviously taken a lot of time to plan this escape yeah you kind of you kind of get a sense that she she's really desperate to escape like yeah definitely um and then but it's it's really funny because in that opening scene um i, I was lit I, the words came out of my mouth i said if this was me doing it i would have knocked something over by now and as I finished that sentence, she kicks the dog's food bowl. And I was like, oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. That's me. There we go. I, I, I relate to this. <laughs> yeah. All right. She's me. <laughs> okay. So we've done the opening sequence. Let's get rid of these voice messages quickly before. Not get rid of them. That sounds like I, I'm just going to completely disregard. But let's do some voice messages whilst um, that, we don't want them to build up. Because you did that, I'm fucking following you. <laughs> I'm so glad someone here remembers that movie. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear what she like. What did she say there? They're following me. She said she's following us because we remembered a movie, and I can't remember what movie we were talking about before. Probably the uh, platform. Maybe. Maybe. Platform. <laughs> or War of the Worlds. Um, is Die Hard a rom com? Because there are funny bits in it, and the whole reason he's doing that stuff isn't really to stop the terrorists but to save his his love I'll Lawrence. Say one, die hard is a christmas film yeah don't start with the whole is die hard a romantic <laughs> comedy when people haven't even decided whether it's a christmas film or not <laughs> don't start getting this mixed up the now. argument <laughs> i honestly think that it's not going to be borders it's not going to be you know, cultural differences that start World War Three. It's going to be is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Hundred percent, <laughs> definitely. People need to stop asking. It obviously is. Yeah, no, it is. In the very last seconds of the film, they play a Christmas song, like to to hammer the fact into you that this is, you know, a Christmas movie. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel so, like um, the guys that created it are quite clever, though, because it's been a slow burner. Of is it a Christmas film? Like it wasn't like you know, Elf come, it came out, and obviously it's a Christmas film. Like Die Hard yeah. kind of sat there for so long, and now people are like, is it a Christmas film? Yeah, I think since the end, the internet came along, people could really yeah. get their teeth in and discuss issues like you know, because obviously you know they've got so much going on in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> That they have to sit so and discuss if it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that they need to write, you know, a, a, a blog about why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But um, a rom-com, no, not really. No, I wouldn't say it is. I mean, there's loads of action films where the motivation of characters has been to rescue someone they love. But it's not a rom-com, is it? Like no, Taken, no, no. Taken, you could say, is like, you know, oh no, he's saving his daughter. That's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, no, but, yeah, that's, yeah, no, let's, let's move on. <laughs> his wife's Taken in Taken 2. So that could be a romantic comedy. It's not romantic. No. Anyway, I'm blabbering. <clears throat> I get that because our geography teacher back when I was uh, in secondary school was um, the guy from. I think it's Coronation Street. I can't remember his name, but he used to run like a supermarket. He wore glasses. He was a, an older dude, a little bit rotund. Norris! Um, and he 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 was our, interestingly, like I was saying, uh, our geography teacher. We used to sing the theme when he used to come in the classroom. He used to hate us. 
Norris was your Norris. <laughs> Norris. Norris. I, I probably don't think it is Norris. I, I've, I've, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've never watched an episode of Coronation Street. All right. Okay. Well, I'm. Not, I've. My mum and dad used to watch it a lot when I was younger. That's kind of why I know who's who. Um, but no, I, I, I don't say that I watch it either. <laughs> I just felt peer pressure to shout Norris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know but no my my family was the same but they were addicted to EastEnders because it was more you know closer to our you know existence EastEnders you know gangsters yeah and, and I, think, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably why why my parents were coronation they, they watched Brookside as well I don't know if you remember Brookside 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 a lot of them are in Hollyoaks now to be fair so <laughs> yeah I, for me, the, the only soap that I watch is The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's gone on for so long, it pretty much is a soap opera. You're going to be starting another Die Hard situation. Is The Walking Dead yep. a soap opera? <laughs> Let us know. Let us know your opinion. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure. This is just my own thoughts on it. Um, from understanding what the company wanted to do with that dark universe stuff. So is, uh, is it... They wanted to incorporate things. That's where the mummy came from. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who was played by Russell Crowe. And they wanted to do a load of setup movies. The Invisible Man was one of them. Um, and so on and so forth. Where they wanted to create this monster universe type thing. Um, and I think maybe, like I say, and I'm, this is my own thoughts, that that Invisible Man movie was the was originally going to be that it was originally going to be part of the dark universe but then that whole thing got canned and so they had to alter it to make it more of a standalone but i think there's i think from watching that movie there's a lot of components which sort of tie into that dark universe still have you ever heard of the dark universe Catherine? i haven't no i have and i and um what lawrence was saying was true is that they did originally want to sort of bring back those old universal monsters, you know, like Dracula, the Invisible Man, okay. or Mr. Hyde. They wanted to create this, well, they called it the Dark Universe, but the the first film release, The Mummy, just flopped completely, just went at the box office. Right. Tom Cruise. It's all Tom Cruise's fault, actually, why it flopped. Yeah, if he'd just have been a bit taller, then... Things might have worked out a bit better, but absolutely. If he if his yeah. parents had made him six five, <laughs> yeah. But no, actually, the reason why, and I'm probably going to get sued again for this, but um, there was huge reports coming out that um, he had written into his contract that he wanted to have more screen time than the female lead, play, who played oh. the mummy. So he sort of demanded in his contract to to be, to have more screen time. And, you know, that basically ended up ruining the film because it wasn't the mummy anymore. It was just another instalment of Mission Impossible. Yeah. Tom Cruise features the mummy. Yeah. Tom Cruise and the mummy. Not Tom Cruise in the mummy. Tom Cruise and the mummy. (laughs) Yeah. Or Tom Cruise and my mummy. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a weird film. Yeah. My mum would, would eat him alive. Oh, bless her. 
No, I'm saying that Die Hard is every kind of movie that they could possibly be. It's the most complete movie that's ever been made. Ah, oh, so you're saying it's a mixture of genres. Mm. It's a genre bender. I don't agree. I don't either. No. I don't think you can't you can't see every like I said before every single film where there's a uh, motivation to protect a young one a young one a loved one sorry or a young one is a family drama or a you know rom-com uh, it's like saying Finding Nemo's rom-com it, it's it's no <laughs> no it's not it's no. not so am I right in in that you're confirming that Die Hard is a rom com? <laughs> no, it's not a rom com. A rom com is romantic comedy. There's boy no... meets boy meets girl. Girl can't have boy. Boy and girl end up together. The end. That's a rom com. The end. They go to prom. They go to prom and win win. You know, king queen, and queen. queen. King and queen. That's what I was looking for. I couldn't remember the word. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was like prom queen or queen. I don't know what it is. Or like, or the only prom that I've ever seen in a film is from Carrie, which didn't go well. Bless no. her. But definitely, there's no romantic comedy in Die Hard. No. No. Shut up. Bye. <laughs> okay. Uh, just regard, uh, disregard that last message. Like, pretend like it never even came in. Oh, mate, I've done that already. Yeah, I was just about to say, I've already forgotten. <laughs> I fired it into space with no return. <laughs> anyway, off of Die Hard now. Yeah, that that's not what we're here for. <laughs> the Invisible Man. Yeah. So, I want to talk about the the way that the film deals with um, domestic abuse, whilst mm-hmm. bringing the um, sort of the science fiction elements into it. How do you think they handled that? I think they handled it quite well. Um, I mean, at the end, I know we're skipping ahead nearly two hours. Um, (laughs) I am kind of questioning if he was everything that she said he was. Like, I'm I'm still a little bit on the fence, obviously, with the twist at the end. Um, If if it was all him or if it was his brother, I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm still a little bit undecided. I think I'd probably have to watch it again. To kind of make my mind up on that. Yeah. That's interesting. Because mm. uh, I suppose I'm quite naive when it comes to, to things like that. Mm-hmm. Not about not about the issues. I mean, like, I'm a bit black and white when it comes to good, good guys and bad guys, I suppose. Yeah. So he was always a bad guy to me. He was always mm-hmm. like, I mean, he probably had, you know, some good points and maybe there was something else going on underneath but for me he was a baddie because you know to do that basically what he does in the film and you can correct me if I'm wrong but he creates a suit that makes him invisible and then yeah. fakes fakes his own death but did he fake his own death this is what I'm saying oh you're saying that he didn't his brother killed him like his brother faked it right okay got you and that he was locked in the basement the whole time and it was the brother wearing the suit who was tormenting her Mm -hmm. that's interesting i've never really seen it like that before yeah i'm gonna have to go back and watch it again now 
Yeah, because this, this is what I love about stereo. It just, you know, opens your mind. <laughs> makes you think. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, for some people watching that film, it could mm-hmm. be quite an uncomfortable experience. A hundred percent. Because it does deal with quite heavy shit, really. Yeah, you know, it's it's a woman that. See, this is where this is why I still sit on the fence because obviously the the look of relief on her face when she finds out that he's dead and that he's killed himself it then kind of makes me question well was he this bad person or was she just like us women do creating scenarios in her head that she's maybe exaggerated and he wasn't that bad of a person i, I, I don't know wow i mean this <laughs> is controversial isn't it <laughs> i'm loving it i mean i i love i love the um the way that you're sort of getting us to think about the, the scenario of the movie in a completely different this, way. This is, what, this is why I like psychological thrillers because nothing's ever as it seems and that's the one thing that I've learned from watching many of them. Like, there is always something going on, like, further than yeah. what you think. And I think the more you watch a film, the more you start to see other things and you start to think, oh, hang on a minute, I didn't, like, notice that the first ten times I watched it. So here's a, here's a loaded question for you. <laughs> do, you see the, do you see the film as um, as a feminist piece? Um, I don't really know. Do you think it is sort of? And I hate to put it in such like crude terms, but I'm going to just anyway. Um, fuck men. <laughs> you're all bastards <laughs> I don't I um, don't really know um, that was really um, it's so much deeper than that but I just wanted to make um... but <laughs> no because this I'm not I'm not going to lie to you this um, discussion about sort of domestic violence it makes me uncomfortable yeah because to me I've never really sort of experienced you know violence within like my family or violence within a relationship so for me it's quite an, um for me it's like ingrained in my head that if that's that was, that situation was ever happening i'd be like smart enough to get out of there as soon as the first instance happened but i'm not naive enough to think that a lot of people can't do that mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean it's a bit of a tricky one um obviously i I've had family members that have been part of domestic violence. Um, I, I think it, it's down to you as a person. Um, I think some people are a lot stronger minded than, than others. Um, people pick up on signs of it a lot earlier. Because um, I, I know um, when I was a lot younger, um, my first ever boyfriend, he was quite a bit older than me. And I was only 17 at the time. And, and because of my past experiences within the family, I could kind of see those telltale signs. And I was like... Do you know what I mean? Like, this isn't going to work. Um, and I yeah. was looking to kind of get out of it before it ever escalated. Um, but I think sometimes once someone is so into that situation, it's then very hard to get out of that situation because they lie to themselves as well. Yeah. And I think trying to tell yourself the truth is a lot harder than anything else. Do you get what sure. I mean? Oh, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, yeah admitting You're... to yourself that you were, were wrong about something is a lot harder than, than admitting to anybody else, I think. No, I agree. And I think that also, 
these days that people, when they're with somebody, with, with social media, for example, they're putting pictures on social media and they're showing the good side of their life the yeah. whole time. And, it, and like, you know, behind closed doors, you know, it could be a completely different story. But like 100%. you said, people, people are scared about um, admitting that they're wrong, not just necessarily to themselves, but to the family members and that as well. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. especially if, you know, I've had a friend who's had an experience where they got with someone, the family didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And it actually turned out that that was their their intuition was right because later on down the line he was a horrible like quite aggressive you know manipulating asshole but she felt that you know if she ended the relationship and left that her her family were right and she was wrong and and like the family dynamic was sort of strained anyway so she Mm -hmm. didn't want to leave and you're like just dump the chump get out of there i know yeah Pride, pride comes before a fall. Do you know what I mean? You don't yeah, need 100%. to think about that. It's your life. You need. If someone is treating you like that, you need to respect yourself enough to go. I am worth more than this. Cheerio. But I, I think I think that therein lies the problem that a lot of people don't respect themselves enough. Um, Agree. Because they they don't have the confidence to do that. They they think that. Um, what film was it that says you you get the love that you think you deserve? Yeah. So and that if you is so end true. up with someone who's who's an aggressive, nasty person, you think you deserve that. Yeah. But you don't. You don't. So if anybody's listening to this that's in a situation like that, you don't deserve it. No, exactly. You don't deserve it. You need to get out there and uh, don't let your pride you know, put you in, in dangerous situations because, like they say, pride comes before a fall and you don't want to fall because you only get one mm. life. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, exactly. Like said, YOLO. Does, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does make me feel uneasy because it is such a huge topic, isn't it? And there's so many yes. people going through it. And I think that if you haven't gone through it, it's very difficult to comment about it. But I think yeah. what, what The Invisible Man does really well is, and I'm I'm quite interested in that you're, that you're looking at all the different like scenarios about what could be going on. But I think I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit simple, I suppose. And I just went with her <laughs> version of the story. Like, don't get me wrong up until the moment that Dom dies and they take that mask yeah. off him. I was with her a hundred percent. I was like, Oh my God, this man, like he's horrible. He's abused her. He's, psychologically abused her like you go girl you get him and and then when it when that scene happened where he died and they went and found um, a husband in in the cellar I was like well hang on a minute like I'm kind of now questioning everything that I've just watched yeah because was it yeah definitely him or was it his brother yeah what did you think of the uh the confrontation at the end what, went to see her husband yeah um i get because i because i'd spent about 90 percent of the film being behind cecilia when she mm. slit so i was like you go girl power to the women like well done like you finally got rid of him but then when i actually sat and thought about it i was like has she just made a massive mistake like do you get what mm. i mean because like, was it him 
Yeah. No, I mean, trust me, I had not thought of that before before this discussion. So yeah. you've blown my mind a little bit, just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> my, there's pieces, there's right? pieces of your mind all over the place right now. You've blown it. <laughs> because, um, but... you know, you're right. You know, there there is that element of doubt and I never really got it before I was always like yeah he's a bastard he deserved that but also uh, because the thing you've got you've got a question is it was Dom that was in James's and Cecilia's house it was Dom that was beating um, James up it was Dom that was hitting his daughter why would he do that for his brother but on the same sense Dom kind of did mention earlier on in the film that um, you know he was he was under, um, was his name Ash James? It's James James, wasn't it? No, Ashley. Oh, I'm so bad yes. at names. Um, so there was a moment, yeah, there was a moment in the film where Dom kind of said to Cecilia, you know, um, that, that I, I'm kind of like subject to the same sort of abuse that you are with Ashley. But then when she was in that psych ward, he knew that he wasn't dead. Because he was saying, just sign here and, you know, we'll get you out of here and just say that you'll keep the baby. But that happened days before Dom died. Do you get what I mean? So, Yeah, yeah. How did he know that he was still alive? Hmm. Wow. Never, (laughs) never thought of it like that. I just literally went with the flow. (laughs) I just went with old old Moss. No, see, I... (laughs) I I think he's things a little bit deeper. Also, there's that sort of feeling that I have when, you know, when, and it happens in most films where if there's an abuse storyline or if someone has hurt someone, but then <laughs> the, per- the person who's been hurt or prosecuted against then enacts their revenge through violence. Yeah. I always, that always feels a little bit uneasy with me because even though even if like my version of the of like the film in my head is that the you know he was an absolute asshole and treated her and you know put her through this hideous experience is mm. cutting his throat really like is that really well, like the conclusion <laughs> that she thought would be or you know to me it just like having sort of fighting violence with violence is just like fighting a fire with fire it doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't end it does it but it's quite funny because in that ending scene I didn't clock on first of all what she'd done so I was like oh god it's been a bit dramatic and he killing himself like because I thought oh god this is he gonna like is it gonna be like her being framed because I didn't know how long was left of the film I didn't really yeah. realize it had been on for so long as well so I was like oh god what's gonna come next is she now gonna go back to prison and then it it, it kind of clicked in my head after she yeah. slit his throat that it was her, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like she she put the suit in the in the wardrobe. Yeah, and it, it kind of yeah. just made sense then. But there was quite a lovely moment at the end of the film um, when she was asking James, obviously, what it sounded like to him, and he was he said to her, "You know, it sounded a lot like he killed himself." I think that's quite a, a lovely moment of friendship right there. Like he knows she's done wrong, but he understands why she did it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I just feel, yeah, I mean, we all understand why she did it. I mean, it's being, Mm. it's fighting the monster, isn't it? It's overcoming adversity and, Mm. you know, the ultimate revenge. But it it still does sit a little bit 
you know, not comfortably with me that she no. did that. No, and then it it goes back to the whole. Well, has she has she killed him for nothing? You know, was he this bad guy that we thought he was all along? Yeah, I suppose other issues in the that sort of prop up is like mental health mm-hmm. because of a lot of people are thinking that she is nuts because she's saying yeah. that she's seeing someone who's, who they can't see. But obviously there are people in everyday society that do suffer from, you know, effects like that. Do you think it handled that side of things? Even though we knew in the film that um, she was actually seeing something or something was happening. Do you think that the other people around her, the way that they treated her was like respectful of our new, well, it, it is new views on mental health. Um, I think the character of James Han. Well, I don't think he he did and he didn't because he he even apologized to to her after the film. He's like, I should never have left you alone that night. Like, I'm so sorry. And I think it, the film touches upon that quite well by him saying that that you know people that you think are in vulnerable situations, you know, if you think they are going through something, then then maybe don't leave them. Um, just let them know that you are still there, kind of thing. Um, mm. So I think that touched upon it quite well um, by saying that he shouldn't have left her. Yeah. It was quite strange, wasn't it? The bit when she was like locked up and, you know, people's sort of um, attitudes towards her, I felt were a little bit, you know, would you like if someone was really going through this, which could, could you know, have been a psychotic snap or in some ways, you know, like a breakdown, I do think that there wasn't that much sympathy coming no. from like other people around her. James, obviously, yeah, because like mm. they were friends. Like her, her sister, you know, mm. kind of closing the door on her. But then again, I suppose you've got to look at it from her point of view. She's just received this email from, from who she thinks is her sister saying that yeah. I hope you die. And, and, and that would cause a lot of anger in somebody, you know. Um, yeah, I have a sister and they turned around and said that to me. I, I probably would slam the door in the face, but... At the same time, she she's also just been through this massive ordeal, so it's yeah. a bit of a catch twenty two situation, I think. Yeah, I've had that situation where I've had a bit of a aggressive email sent to me, and then I realised it wasn't meant for me. They just press send all by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> this person who I'm not going to mention because I think they might be on here got um got a thousand emails back going. What? <gasps> what? I see you next Tuesday. What have I done? Oh They're my like, oh, god! Dang it. I said send all. Oh, uh, it's. It, do you know what? There's nothing worse than when you send something to somebody that you're not meant to send to them. <laughs> I think that they were off a lot of Christmas card lists that year. Yeah. Definitely. No, I, I did it with my mum once. I was having an argument with her, and I, I screenshot the argument and said I was meant to send it to my boyfriend at the time, and I sent it back to my mum. <gasps> oh no was it really to like derogatory towards her no because I'd, I'd, I'd um, literally just sent her the screenshots back and she's like why are you sending me those back I was like oh they weren't meant for you sorry and then she started then like <laughs> why are you telling everyone what we're talking about I was like oh yeah I need to just add a fuel to someone. the fire I'm being told <laughs> off I need to find someone else <laughs> Right, we've got some voice messages. <laughs> Go we've on. Got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to these voice messages and then we'll carry on to the next point I've got. Okay. 
Okay. I've got some other aspects in that to do with, well, trying to not throw out too many spoilers in terms of, like, I, I noticed that they did something, which was they subtly hinted to you the capabilities of the thing that was, that uh, uh, facilitated the invisibility. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not very good at science in movies, so when it came to no. the actual, like, scientific <laughs> explanation for, like, the invisibility suit, I was like, yeah, okay, it makes you invisible. That's all I need to know. All I know is somehow to make you invisible yeah he like pushed some buttons and created something and now he's invisible that's the end that's it fine I'll, yeah I'll, that's I'll... about as far as i can go <laughs> yeah yeah I, what did you i mean i love the fact that he just mentioned spoilers maybe we spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> i think i've ruined the whole film <laughs> we're like 45 minutes in and we're just like yeah and then at the end <laughs> Sorry if anybody wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There's no way we can rewind either, is there? I'll press so, play. So, just go. By the way, this. Uh, I heard your wee squeaky voice, mate. Namaste to you and your friend. Um, these things—they're all just pretend. They're not that big a deal, really. Oh, what's that in relation to? I know. Yeah. It's just pretend. What you mean, the film, the the story? Yeah, it is just pretend. But, um, you know, I I I think that film is as good for your soul as reading a book. You know, stories, and you learn so much from from watching different genres of film. And I think that even if something is just a film and you watch it, I think that you can take a lot of things away from. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Oh, everyone. Everyone views things differently, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And so look, I think we've kind of proven that, um, you know, what I've kind of taken from the film is completely different to what you've taken from it and what yeah. the next person that will watch it will, will kind of take something else from it. No, definitely. Yeah, mm. 100%. Right, let's play the last one. Yeah. I, I know a bit about domestic violence and what I would encourage you both to do, lovely chat, by the way, regardless of the squeaky um <laughs> there was a facebook social experiment done not so long ago and it's it's very eye-opening a, a woman was being um berated by a guy in a park and she had people coming up to her offering her support and help quite rightly um saying that she didn't need to put up with that and things they re-ran the same experiment with the woman not just verbally attacking but physically attacking the guy and everyone was laughing and taking videos and this seems to be the society that we live within. And Keith, you know, you're, you're very right in that feminism is one of the keys, the problems I see. Um, can I just say that I don't think that feminism is the problem? No. <laughs> In any way, shape or form. Actually, I, I do class myself as a feminist. Yeah, because... I, I think at this point, I wouldn't say that it's feminism. I think it's just equal rights. I, exactly. I don't, like, I, I read this thing saying, you know, I'm not a feminist. I'm, I'm someone that actions equal rights. And it's so true. Like, feminists aren't, you know, thinking that women should be better than men. They just want no. them to be equal. And I think exactly. everyone should have that and opinion. They, they totally should be. I think that yeah. I might... I mean, if I did come across to say that um, the feminists... Um, aspect of the invisible man was wrong it's not 
what I meant by that was, um, you know, the film is has a female protagonist and a lot of bad things are happening to her because of a man. So it, does that make the film um, like a feminist movie? Does that make, because it's very, you know, the, it, the bad characters are all men and the good characters are, is a woman. Does that, that make it a feminist film? I mean, I don't think it does. No, but that's not a good or that's not a bad thing. No, I no, think I... it is. I think the reason that a lot of films do do it that way around is it's a lot more relatable. Like, yes, um, you know, men are um, subjected to domestic violence, but the figures are nowhere near what they are. Yeah, so sure. We... So I think it's a lot easier to. You've got a wider audience when it when it's that way around. Yeah, and I think just sort of referring to that social experiment i have seen that and yeah and i do think that um the reason why you know domestic violence when it's a woman with to a man i think that that is probably you know something that not many people are used to is because Mm -hmm. men and being one i know are just so prideful and you know so don't like to talk about our feelings very often we don't like to ask for help asking for help is a sign of weakness it's toxic masculinity you know and i think it's just you know terrible like toxic masculinity i think is just Mm -hmm. utter bullshit and i think that men just don't reach out as much as women but i think and therefore when you see a woman like attacking a man it's almost like you don't step in because you don't know the situation or you don't like it's a you think that the man can handle that situation because that's just the way that society, you know, thinks that people, you know, their minds work. (laughs) But actually, you know, both sides of that are wrong. Of course they are. You know, nobody should be putting their hands on each other in any way, shape or form, unless it's, you know, in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Not the hate. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, I just think that um, to say that domestic violence is an issue of, for women and men, it's not. It's if 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 it's experienced by a human being, then I think that it is totally wrong, and th- those those people should reach out and ask for help, and not you know not let their pride get in the way, like we've spoken about earlier. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the goddess. That is Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but she is my favourite actress of all time. I, I remember after I asked that um, question in the chat you were in yesterday when I said I was going to go and watch it, I, I went back and listened to what you replied. And you were saying, like, she, she's your favourite actress. But to be fair, I think it's the first thing that I've watched her in. Ooh, okay. Interesting. So I followed her career very closely. Um, mm-hmm. I used to watch... Uh, the West Wing, uh, like the reruns, and she played the president's daughter in that. And then she was in Mad Men, which I loved her in. And then she was in The Handmaid's Tale, which is one of my favourite shows. It's on my to-watch list. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, the ham- I cannot recommend it enough. But okay. it is not... I would say that it's an amazing watch but in no way pleasurable in in many occurrences 
I'm not really selling it very well. It's it's one of those things that you watch and you're in awe of it and you think it's just brilliant and it's there's so many issues and it's set, you know, in the not so far, you know, future from us and you mm-hmm. can just relate to so much. But at the same time, you do watch it and you think, you know, I love this, but I'm not, you know, enjoying it. Yeah. Because it's really, the issues in it are very hard hitting. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pain, both physical and mental, that the characters go through. That is a little bit more extreme than the norm, let's so to speak. And to be fair, it, sound, it does sound like it's up my street. Yeah, oh, psychological. Mm. I do think you'd love it, but yeah, I might need to give it a watch. It, like I said, it is on the to watch list. Excellent. I, I do. I don't know if you heard in the chat as well. I said that the one thing that I really don't like in any medium is like sexual violence. I don't like it at all. There is sexual violence in The Handmaid's Tale, but it's handled so well that right. it's it's difficult and horrible to watch. But you're it's more about the emotion than actual like the physical act. It's like the aftermath. So okay. it's not. It's not. I mean, I just don't like sexual violence in anything anyway, but watching The Handmaid's Tale, it's handled so well that for me, it's just about bearable. Um, but again, it's about the aftermath of, of the act and I and the psychological, you know, impact, which I find, you know, interesting because again, it's like that thing of something happening to someone and them overcoming it. You're with them all the way. Do you know what I mean? A bit like in The Invisible yeah. Man so to speak but okay go on I've spoken enough what did you think <laughs> of Elizabeth Moss um she's a good actress I'll give her that she's a really good actress and I'm I'm quite interested to watch her in other things now yeah so with The Handmaid's Tale just going back back to that quickly she I think about 75% of The Handmaid's Tale is a close-up of Elizabeth Moss Okay, <laughs> and I do honestly believe I I studied theatre and you know acting. I'm not I'm not very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm piss poor actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I studied it. I can watch it. I can critique. But if I actually had to get up there myself, I'd probably be like you know awful. I think I did Hamlet once, and I think I could hear Shakespeare spinning spinning in his grave whilst I was reciting the lines. <laughs> um, so I'm not like it's one of those things that I watch but I can't necessarily do Do, but her face like I just feel that she can just tell you everything without even saying a word 100% 100% she's like I'm quite surprised she's not more well known because of how good she is like Mm. I was quite shocked that, that, that that was the first thing that I was ever watching her in I think she picks and chooses her roles very carefully. Mm-hmm. I think maybe what attracted her to the Invisible Man was the um, like the domestic violence side of the of the story. Yeah, she does like the hard hitting stuff. She doesn't like to do much, which is quite you know <laughs> jolly and jaunty. She does like the dark emotional shit. <laughs> to be fair, I don't blame her because if I was an actress, I'd I'd probably be exactly the same. Yeah. No, I think so. She was also in um, Jordan Peele's Us. Did you ever watch that? No. 
that's a film I'd recommend. She's got a very small role in that. But again, you look at it and you think, oh, I wonder why she chose to do this. And I think it's because I, she maybe she wanted to work with the director or she really, I mean, I love that film. Us, for me, is it's a scary movie. It is a, a, like a scary movie. But there's, again, it's got loads of underlining, um, like, you know, issues that it deals with about society and about the way that we treat our underclass you know, the underclasses in the world. And it's got re- loads of social issues within it. A bit like um, his film before, Get Out, has a huge sort of racial um, context within the film. But her role in Us is very, very small, but she does make an impact. And I think that the reason why she took that project on, because she's quite... Um, how can I explain her character in Us? She's a bit of a spoiled housewife. Do you know what I mean? She obviously she hates See, her husband. Is the is the film us the one where they they're in like a a house and people come in and they they look exactly the same as yes. them? But yeah, I've not seen I've seen it um, advertised, but I've not actually watched. Yeah. Us gets a bad rap. A lot of people don't like it, but I think the reason they don't like it is because it came after Get Out, which was a huge like critical success and won an Oscar for best original screenplay and you know it was a difficult second album for Jordan Peele and I just think that a lot of people didn't like it because of that but if it as a standalone movie I think it's really interesting Mm. I might need to give that a watch to be fair like I said it's again it's another one that's on the watch list I'm so bad at just getting around to watching things (laughs) that's it I always have a little um like notepad next to my phone when I'm talking on here because people suggest things I go oh I'll never forget that I'll just write it down my list is huge. Huge. Oh, I'm never going to get through it all. But yeah, and it is more of a psychological horror. Mm. It, I, think, I think you'd really enjoy it. I mean, a lot of people say that it loses its way by the end, but I personally, I love it. And the performances in it are great. But anyway, anyway, right. So her character, Cecilia, has it's quite a physical role because obviously it's the invisible man. She's being, you know, picked up and thrown around and dragged along the floor by something that's not there. How do you think, like, as an actress, she handled that, those elements of the role? I, th- I think she handled them really well. Um, you know, when I was watching it, I could really imagine him actually stood there because sometimes I do struggle to kind of see things that aren't there, um, like, physically. And I think she just she portrayed it well, like, you know, when she was staring at the corner of the room, you just knew instantly that he he was there. It wasn't like, oh, what's she staring at? <laughs> Do you get what yeah. I mean? No, like no. This, totally. this, this sense of, you could almost feel her fear, which I think coming from an actress is, is done quite well because obviously you're not there with her. So to portray that and make you feel her fear, it's very mm. well done. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Like, such a physical role and to have to act against something that you know you can't necessarily see um you know i bet a lot of actors do that in the more like fantastical films you know things like harry potter for example or lord of the rings where they have to act against something that's going to be put on after but she didn't have it's not even that is it it's not something that's going to be that done in post-production it's invisible it's not there so you really we're never going to see it (laughs) I mean, could you imagine doing that? I think, again, I'd be piss poor. 
I'd be like, ah, you got me, help. Ah. <laughs> I'd be terrible. Really difficult thing to do to pretend to be beaten up by something, nothing. Do you know what I mean? Well, to, be, to be honest, obviously, there was someone actually beating her up, but we just couldn't see Yeah. Her. Yeah, exactly. But she probably felt a bit of a tip doing it on set to begin with. <laughs> Can you imagine? They must have choreographed it like a dance, you know, like, and then this happens and then this happens. Because otherwise, you know, if you had to make that up on the spot, you'd be like, oh, he's, 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 ouch. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yeah. Really bad. Oh, my has gone really quiet. Say that again? My phone's gone really quiet. One second. That happened to me yesterday. I'll just put a headphone <coughs> in. I'll be all right. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. I probably sound okay. like I'm in a toilet now, but I've got my again. <laughs> I'm going to play this voice message. One sec. Hi, guys. Interesting chat. Have you seen the um, the French Dispatch? That's the new film for Elizabeth Moss coming next year, hopefully. Um, it's full of interesting, interesting cast members as well. And um, I think that's going to be a good one. She was also in Girl Interrupted. Yeah, she was. She was yeah, only she little, was. little man. I've not watched it. But yeah, she no. Was. And I haven't heard of her new film that's coming. Um, what was it called, Bex? I, I couldn't quite hear. Something dispatched or something. I didn't quite hear it. I might... I'll have to look that up. I do know that she um, was in a film that was shown at the London Film Festival this year. Um, even though like there was only like two films shown at the film festival because of. <laughs> obviously with COVID, but um, yeah. she it's called Shirley and she plays uh, Shirley, I think it's for Shirley Jackson, the author of um, The Haunting of Hill House. So it's like a biography on Shirley Jackson's life because uh, apparently her life was quite full of um, interesting events and mystery. But she wrote Haunting of Hill House, which I think... It, well, it is uh, the series on Netflix. I think they released it last year or the year before. Yeah, I think I remember seeing something. I've just Googled um, that film she's in next year. Um, yeah. French Dispatch. It's a Wes Anderson film, which will be. <gasps> I love Wes Anderson. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> Incredible. Um, Elizabeth That's Moss, Wes one. Anderson. <gasps> That's so exciting. I, oh, my goodness. That's going to be so good. I mean, Wes Anderson's brilliant. I mean, my favourite Wes Anderson film is Fantastic Mr. Fox. I do like it, but for me, the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> such a cliche, I know, but I, I no, just it's not. love it. It's a great it. film. It is a fantastic piece of cinema. Yeah. I just, I love it. So different and quirky. His humour is just so brilliant and subtle and rewatchable that's what i love about his films yeah. you can rewatch them again and again and you just catch different jokes all the time yeah i mean i use like there's a line in fantastic mr fox which i use pretty much in everyday life and it's but obviously they can't swear in it because it's a kids film but they use the mm-hmm. word cuss instead of like fuck and there's a bit when they all dig down, they're all digging down into the ground and they all end up in this like little cavern and they can't get out. And then 
the fox just goes, well, this is a cluster cuss. (laughs) 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 I love it. I love the fact that you use that in day-to-day life. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is a cluster cuss. (laughs) Um, I might have to start using that. (laughs) It's so good. And I think that um, it's so clever as well. And I love films like that where, you know, they're making a film obviously aimed at a younger audience, but they don't like treat the adults like idiots either they just you know they they know that they that the adults are going to be bringing the kids to watch these films so they want to give them something to experience as well and i think fantastic mr fox is the ultimate example of a kid's film which is has works on two levels you know the kids love it because of the characters and like the animation but the adults love it because the storyline is so you know there's loads of adult moments and adult jokes in it, which just works so well. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Is, yeah. I, I think I'm to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox this afternoon. <laughs> I love it. No, I can't. I've got film. a massive cluster. I've got work to do. It's a massive cluster cuss. <laughs> oh, what but, cluster cuss? <laughs> I mean, I would talk about the rest of the cast, but I think that, I'd be doing a disservice to Miss Moss if we did, because I just feel like she, I mean, you're saying about that you, that you're quite surprised that she's not more famous, mm-hmm. but to, to be given like a huge Hollywood project like the invisible man. And for her basically to be the person holding up the project, that's quite a responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. hundred percent. And she does it so well. Like, I don't think there's any part that I would flaw. Like I, I, there's no part where I'd say, "Well, she could have done this a bit better," or she should have, she should have done this instead of that. Like she's just she plays the role so well. Mm. What's your um, What's your stance on watching uh, foreign language films? Um, if it's dubbed, I'll watch it. If it's subtitled, okay. I, I kind of I, I feel like I'm reading the film yeah see i love subtitled films i feel like for me like 10 minutes in i sort of forget about that i'm reading subtitles so i do watch a lot of subtitles. but there's a film called and i had i think i did discuss it yesterday the square which elizabeth moss yeah. is in which is about um i know you might have heard me discussing it but i'll just discuss it in case anyone else is listening but it's about a um museum in uh, i want to say sweden but i'm not quite sure if it is or maybe norway can't remember where it's at but it's a museum and they it's a modern art museum and they decide to do this um sort of social project where they create a big square in front of the museum and and anyone who stands inside the square their class their sex their race is stripped away and everyone is equal in the inside the square and the guy who runs the museum, like the the curator, um, is basically going through some like shit of his own with, you know, bad relationships. And, you know, he gets his phone stolen, like his bag and phone stolen, which causes a whole sort of, you know, a little bit like Faulty Towers, really. It just sort of goes really <laughs> wrong for him. But Elizabeth Moss plays this journalist who comes in to interview him about the project, like the square, and they end up having a sexual relationship. And there's this scene, and I'm just going to talk to talk to you about it because I think it's excellent. But 
me talking about yeah. it might sound a bit gross, but just just bear with me. And I'll, I'll, I'll see where this goes. I'll see where this goes. Anyway, they have I'll, said. I'll, let you, I'll, stop, I'll stop you if it's getting too far. Okay, please do because sometimes I I go in my head and, and I've sort of realised, ill, ill. What have you done? <laughs> so they're having sex, and are, uh, like when they finished, um, Elizabeth Moss's character. Um, offers to dispose of the used condom but but the the lead the guy the the curator is really suspicious of her because he thinks i I, the way i read the scene is i think that he thinks that she's gonna go and maybe how can i put it inseminate herself yeah yeah so i think that's what he thinks he's gonna do and there's this scene between them of it's so awkward of mistrust from his point, but him trying not to show it. So he's like, no, 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 it's okay. I'll do it. And she's like, no, just give it to me. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. You know, <laughs> you just relax. I'll, I'll dispose of it. And she's like, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing here? And it's so well played her face. She keeps a smile on her face the whole time. Even though it's getting more awkward and awkward, she just keeps this like <laughs> really like it's so weird. I mean, you have to watch it to to get what I mean. But she just keeps this this is expression on her face that no, this whole like scenario is just going getting weirder and weirder. But and you you're sort of questioning her motives. Like, is she going to take it and do something with it? Or isn't she? And it's such a well-played scene. She does it so well. that The thing that gets me is just the, the locked-off ex- like expression that she has throughout the whole scene. And it's it almost gets really like unwatchable at one moment because you're cringing inside so much. Yeah. Oh, I can and... imagine like, a, a scene about arguing over a used condom. <laughs> yeah, it is. And there's no, there's one point as well where he's holding on to it, and then she takes it and starts to like pull it. <laughs> it's just getting longer and longer, <laughs> but she's still got this face on her of, you know, this is not my like first rodeo, my friend. Do you know what but, I mean? Yeah, I know what I'm. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's a brilliant oh. scene. So like in some ways underplayed but also just really really awkward and that film i think is definitely one of my favorites because it is a comedy of errors you know this guy is going through like you're almost shouting at the screen what are you doing who makes that decision what what the yeah. bloody hell are you thinking? but it plays well within the uh within the context of the film and she's brilliant again a really interesting project for her to choose do you know what i mean it's a foreign language film she's the only like american like english speaking actor in it yeah so, so again, is it is it subtitled that film or is it it is but there's quite i mean there's elements of obviously she speaks english and the curator guy when they're together speaks english but the the version that i've got i found it really difficult to get hold of to begin with but then curzon released the dvd and i watched it and it is subtitled but i think if you can bear with it um it's such a rewarding film it's so funny and it's it has a brilliant end as well there's some 
you know, like when a film has really standout scenes where you don't yeah. necessarily remember what the plot of the film is, but you just remember the standout remember scenes. scenes. Yeah. I think there's two or, two or three of those in the square that when I, I just think about it, I just think of those like really well-constructed, brilliant scenes. And it is a thriller in some ways because you just think, how the hell is this guy going to get out of this massive hole that he's just dug for himself? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, I, th- I might have to try and track that one down because I'm going to have a month to do nothing. So, <laughs> I think you might find it on Netflix, you know. Don't quote me on that, but I think it could possibly be on Netflix. It's a really okay. good film. But uh, again, Miss Moss just completely steals the show because she's great. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> I think we've I think we've milked the Invisible Man, but I, I do want to um, talk to you about the end because mm-hmm. she has, if I remember rightly, she has access to the suit now. Yeah. Okay, so where do you think it could go from there? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I don't, I, part of me would hope that she she went home and destroyed. Well, she was technically home, wasn't she? But I I kind of hope she left and and kind of destroyed it. But part of me thinks that nothing's ever that simple, is it? I mean, it's obviously setting up some kind of sequel. Mm. Would you like to see a sequel? I don't know if I would. Mm. I feel like it it. it probably best left where it was but then again there's so many unanswered questions sure that i think maybe they might be answered but if i'd be so annoyed if they made a second film and those questions weren't answered i'd be like why have you done that well like um the guy was talking about earlier about that the original plans for it were to become part of a more sort of cinematic universe of mm-hmm. you know like the mummy characters and dr jekyll and mr hyde you know i think she's quite an ideal person to to play a role within that i'm not but like i'm not sure if that's going ahead anymore um i've got a quote mm-hmm. who's this quote from um i think it might be from oh it's the producer jason bloom i, I mean who, who produces pretty much everything in the whole world now um, he has said there are no plans to make a sequel, but I would love to make a sequel, and I'm certainly going to try to make a sequel. But so far, there are no plans to make one. Oh, God! Oh. That sounds like <laughs> that's not cryptic. He wants to, but he can't. But he might. But he might not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, basically, I that's what I got that from is... that. Well, what I took from it is gonna... there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> Because I don't, cause it, I think, you know, I think I just read into things a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think my uh, my year of eleven um, English teacher might be proud of me right now. Like, well done for reading between the lines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely opened my mind up. I thought that I was quite um, when it comes to film, I was quite an analyst, but you've mm-hmm. taken it to a whole nother level, babe. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think that me and you are going to have lots of future chats about films that we're going to watch because 
I think that you might be, uh, you might open my eyes to endless possibilities. So Jason Maybe. Bloom, just to, just, just to talk about this guy for a while, he, um, he is pretty much the godfather of modern horror. He has his um, CV on horror films is ridiculous. I mean, he started off um, Bloom House Productions and their first film was Paranormal Activity. Oh, I hate the film. <laughs> I know, it's not great. I, I, but then like, obviously they... When I said to you yesterday that I don't like horror, that's the kind of horror that I don't like. Like, I, I don't like sitting there thinking, is something going to jump out at me? I can't deal with it. And I think that could, probably comes from a trauma when... Do you remember the first video that kind of started it all um, with that car driving down the windy road? <laughs> and then that woman... Yes. Jumped- yeah. Ever since then, I've, I'm so cautious when I watch things on the internet now because I'm like, "Are we gonna jump out at me?" <laughs> I mean, that was terrifying. I remember watching that for the first time on my laptop or like on a home computer, and it was like, like someone, the person who sent it to me, had written the tagline, "Turn the volume up." Oh no! <laughs> so I, being like, "Yay, turn the volume up." 10 seconds later shit myself yeah no i just like jumper videos i I, it just it isn't enjoyment for me like i I get people enjoy that like oh like do you know what i mean but like paranormal activity and things like i I can't i can't even know i agree well they made probably i think they made like seven or eight paranormal activity movies including a spin-off which was set in mexico (laughs) or um (laughs) So then he went on to make Insidious, which I actually quite enjoyed the first Insidious film. I thought that was very scary, but the rest of them were, you know, typical horror sequels. The Purge mm. series, he makes The yeah. Purge. Oh, right. Which was the, the film series, and it's also a television series on Amazon now. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sinister, Oculus, which I quite like. The Gift, Hush. If you ever watch Hush... You have to watch that. You will love that film. It's on Netflix. Okay. I'm going on Netflix right now to put it in my watch list. (laughs) Hush. Let me just give you a little brief outline. It's about a woman who is um, deaf and she's at home and a guy... It's a a home invasion film. It's a thriller. It is a psychological thriller. Um, And this guy turns up to, to rob the house Oh, I think I've seen this. I've see, I see trailers for films all the time, and then I'm like, oh, I should watch that, and then I never do. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I've Hush. seen this advertised. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch Hush, that will be our next uh, our next analysis of a film. Hush. Okay. Right. I'll watch that. This Although week, it sounds really important. weird when you say it, isn't it? You're like Hush, and everyone's like <laughs> quiet around you. You're like, no, that's the title of the film. I'm not telling you to be quiet in a, in a passive aggressive <laughs> way. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Split, which I believe is the film, isn't Split the one with uh, James McAvoy where he's multiple personalities? Have you seen that one? I've not seen that. See, this is what I mean. Like, there's so many films that I just haven't watched. Well, this is opening your your viewing. Uh, my, I think that's on um, Netflix as well, actually. Uh, Ouija, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Let's not even bother that. Happy Death Day, which is brilliant. That is uh, definitely yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, I've watched that film. Have you seen the second one? Yeah. Is it any good? 
Um, it is good. I watched it at the cinema. I did like it. Didn't like it as much as the original, but I liked the fact that it explained how it happened, right, but in okay. a really like clever way. Right, I might need to watch that then because I was I was umming and ahhing about it. I was like, should I watch? Because I I just I like unless it's things like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. I think films sometimes are better just left as a one one time yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. So I, when well, like sequels come out and stuff, I'm a bit like, should I watch it? But I yeah, I might need to watch I one that... if it explains. I think when they go into a film, if they make it very clear from the beginning that this is the first part in an ongoing series, then I think yeah. a lot of people then get on board with it. But if they're mm-hmm. just making another film for money, do you know what I mean? It's almost like the quality goes out yeah. of it because you're, not, you're thinking about the dosh and not about the product. And horror is the one genre yeah, that no, really 100%. from that. I mean, I'm just to say, I'm a huge fan of the Halloween <laughs> series. And Halloween Resurrection, I remember it coming out. It was the first Halloween film that I could watch in the cinema. Je- like, Jamie Lee Curtis was back. It was going to be incredible. And I watched it, and it had Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks in it. <laughs> and it was the biggest pile <laughs> of shit. <laughs> Boo! Just think they're just here, for, just here to get money. That that's all it's for. It's all about the money. Bring in Buster Rhymes, younger audience. People are going to love it. But fuck the whole, you know, any dignity or any kudos that you'd gathered over the last sort of fifteen years with the original film. No, we're just going to throw that out the window and have Buster Rhymes go, you know, beat up Michael Myers with a bat. Awful film, so bad. Upgrade was good, and then Halloween, and he's also uh, oh he did um, he produced us, okay, produced, and then his non horror stuff he produced Whiplash. Have you seen Whiplash, the film about the drummer? No. You need to get on that. That's a brilliant psychological thriller. It's a psychological thriller about drumming. I'm just questioning. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I do like drummers, so. Yeah, it's a great, great film. Whiplash is a classic. And then uh, Black Klansman, he, he produced as well, which it was a great film. That's definitely on Netflix. Uh, I love that film. True story about a black guy in the 70s, black cop, who... Um, investigates the Ku Klux Klan but pretends to be a white guy on the phone <laughs> so all the all the time that the like the Ku Klux Klan think that they're you know he's going undercover they think that they're talking to a white guy <laughs> actually talking to a black cop and it's a brilliant film really really good <laughs> uh true story but yeah that's his that's Jason Bloom's like CV. All those sort of horror franchises all belong to him, and of course, um, the Invisible Man. Yeah, I might so... need to check quite a lot of these films out because they do sound right. Yeah, up my I think seat, Hush, to be honest, Hush will be a brilliant one for you to watch because it it teeters on the precipice of being a psychological thriller and being like a home invasion horror film so like people like for example for me who ne- not necessarily watches things 
from a psychological thriller you know perspective would watch hush as a good old-fashioned horror movie but you would probably go so much into it <laughs> and come to me and my mind will all be blown again and i'll have like bits of my brain all over the room again yeah i know i'll def i might actually watch that tonight um yeah point um yeah, definitely. Actually, what's going Don't on watch it alone. oh no i'll watch it alone i'm not bothered <laughs> are you sure but can you just promise me that you'll lock the doors beforehand yeah no see i, I live in an apartment block so i'm quite safe <laughs> oh you're safe yeah i'm safe <laughs> unless spider man wants to rob me i'm absolutely fine yeah <laughs> unless someone's coming up for 12 flights i don't, I don't think i think i'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> right we're gonna listen to some voice messages are you ready yeah go on Hello and hello to <laughs> Keith and Catherine. This is your friend David 2020. How you going? <laughs> um, uh, what is the comp? What you talking about? Will you let me know, please? Thank you. Oh, I love him. Hi, so David. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> I think he's run out of time for going live. He was he was on with Kel before and um, a, a clock flashed up or something and said, you've got 10 minutes left. Oh, no. We can't speak oh, with no, anyone, I don't think. But he's got a scheduled chat at three o'clock. I know. With, with Kel about COVID. Yes, I don't think that can go oh. ahead. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Bless him. He I was know. really looking forward to that. I know. I, know. Um, I don't know if you're listening, though, David. I think you can still listen. But we're talking about the film The Invisible Man. Don't know if you've seen it. But, yeah, that's what we've been discussing. So, um, And we've just been talking about like other movies and things. So, yeah, I don't actually know. David, are you interested in, in films? What's your favourite film? I don't think I've ever asked you that. I know you like Highlander. Because, uh, <laughs> what's your, what's we your favourite film? That's a question. Mine? Yeah. Oh, that's really difficult, isn't it? Especially for someone who's a, like a cinephile a who really yeah. loves film. Because there's so many genres out there and you could definitely have a favourite from each. But I think if I was to really think about it, David Lynch is one of my favourite filmmakers. So <laughs> I think the first film that I properly watched and was like, yeah, I'm going to be a film geek for the rest of my life was uh Mulholland Drive I don't, don't know if think you've seen I've, or heard of that. it's probably on Netflix but yeah you need to go to it and just be completely open-minded and just think of it as this film is absolutely bonkers but to like just ride the wave it was the first film that I think well one of the first films that um Naomi Watts was in Okay. It was like her breakout, her breakout movie, and she was nominated. I think for um, she was nominated for best actress at the Oscars for it. Is it is it an older film? Uh, or quite recent. Yeah, it came out in two thousand. Okay, two thousand and one maybe. But I remember. I'll just very quickly tell you the story. I was um, I was training in a theatre school at the time. Uh, I was like just a youngster, like training. And um, my drama teacher came in. She went, I watched this film last night on Channel 4. Mulholland Drive blew my mind. You need to watch it. 
and I watched it like on her recommendation mm-hmm. and I can honestly tell you that it changed like from that moment after my perspective on filmmaking and acting completely changed it was like one of those life-changing moments hmm. I might need to put really, that on the- it really was well, <laughs> you're going to be keeping me busy when we go on furlough <laughs> can I say Catherine though if we were to do an episode about Mulholland Drive um, I would basically just you know get your meals ready get loads of snacks <laughs> <laughs> It belonged and prepare to be prepare <laughs> to be here for at least a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it will be blinking like emerging from our apartments, blinking in the sun that we haven't seen for seven I days know. due to our discussion. <laughs> being like, where have, you, where have you been? <laughs> oh, yeah. speaking about a film. <laughs> yeah, on stereo. but um but like a film a film that i go back to all the time that i would probably say is my more mainstream favorite film is jaws Mm. (laughs) i'm glad you agree (laughs) (laughs) but for jaws for me again is like a childhood movie it's the first time that you know you see something scary or horrific and you're like this is amazing this is brilliant and I live by a seaside town as well, so surrounded by water. Yeah, Jaws is coming for you. <laughs> yeah. We'd go in the <laughs> sea in the summer, and all my brother would need to do to, like, make me, like, let a bit of wee out is just go, dude, and dude, and, and I'd be like, <laughs> whoa, and I'd be running towards, like, the, the sand. You wouldn't uh, see me for dust. See, but, sharks um, don't really bother me. Like, I... I'm... Like, I'm not afraid of the sea think... because of what lives in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love being in the sea. I'm such a yeah. sea person. No, I agree with you. And, like, sort of, like, growing up by the coast, we spent our childhood in the water. And, you know, I moved back from London to Essex um, in June just so that I could spend the summer by the sea. Hmm. But it doesn't really bother me either. Sharks, you know, sharks happen elsewhere they don't happen here you know they're yeah. they're not here don't need to think about them yeah i no. did I, you know I, this summer i was um swimming and got a little bit out of breath so i decided to put my feet down and i trod on something slimy and wiggly and it freaked me out <laughs> it was horrible <laughs> i don't know what it was i don't know whether it was a a cod or a platypus or i, I, I have no idea Probably a bit of but whatever it was, I'd like to publicly apologise for standing on you. <laughs> it was Please not my intention. Me. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. So, <gasps> Mister Mister Mackerel, or whatever you were, <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly apologise for standing on you. Oh, might have been a jellyfish. It was horrible. Could have been. Could've I been. don't care. I wouldn't publicly apologise for standing on a jellyfish. Horrible things. <laughs> Nasty. I, I think they're, they're nice to look at, but I, I just I don't understand how they work as a as a. I would I would call them an animal, but are they an animal? They're sort of just like a like um like Floating a blob, blob of jelly, aren't they? They're just a blob. <laughs> they're a, a they're just like jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, 
a friend of mine's son, because we do have quite a lot of jellyfish, but a friend of mine's son in the summer went and picked up a jellyfish and just went, look, oh, it's God. all right, it's all right, and then just threw it back. And then like 10 seconds later, it was like, ouch, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> had like red marks all up his ass. I was like, what did you think was going to happen, you little twat? <laughs> That's really funny. But, uh, yeah. That's really tickled me. Kids See, say. Right, got some voice. Go oh, on. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, obviously, I find it really interesting when people have favourite films that no one's ever really heard of. Um, my favourite film is a film called Her. I don't know if you've ever watched or heard of it. It's got Jacqueline Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson in it. Of course. Yeah. That film is heartbreaking. Yeah, it's my all-time favourite film. You're bringing back loads of memories right now of me watching <laughs> that film for the first Yeah. And, I, I, and having... I first time I watched it, I cried. It's it's such, yeah, like you said, a heartbreaking film, but I just, I don't know. I just absolutely love it. I love the idea behind it. Yeah. No, definitely, and and again, you've got some like a powerhouse that is working Phoenix. Yeah, you know, involved his his performance in that film is gorgeous. Yeah. I think that was like two thousand, like twelve, thirteen, around that time that came out, didn't it? Yeah. So I think it was it was quite a poignant time for like iOS devices and things like that, and it was it was quite interesting to kind of um, watch what could potentially happen in the future because there's still a chance for that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like people are, are more involved with the phones than ever before. And it is quite interesting to kind of step back and think, oh, well, is this something that, that could happen in the future? Like people falling in love with their iOS devices? Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And I always remember the poster as well was just like Joaquin Phoenix, like looking like straight at you with those beautiful blue eyes yeah and it was just very simple wasn't it yeah it didn't give anything away like you'd see that post and you'd be like i have no idea what that film is about so when you go and watch it, it has such an impact on you i really yeah. remember watching that for the first time and you're right you know the rise of technology um it sort of hit just at the right time didn't it Oh, I'm going to watch that this afternoon now. It's a bit of a weird double bill, isn't it? Her and Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. <laughs> a double bill <laughs> than you've got. <laughs> Hush, oh, more Holland Drive. <laughs> I just had this image of you, like, watching those two films back to back and then someone finding you, like, a, like just curled up in the corner, rocking. <laughs> Crying, man. Like, someone please help me. <laughs> yeah, I've seen things. I've seen things. <laughs> right, I'm going to press. We've got a couple of voice messages, so just gonna have go a on. Quick, listen to them. Hello, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm waiting to talk. Um, yes, Keith. This is Dave. David, 2020. And I'm not too sure on the lady, but I'll find out her name in a minute. Hang on. Who's this lady? Who's this lady? This lady, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know he never, Catherine, he, he never remembers my name. Oh, bless. 
Okay, this is going. I can hear both of you talking, uh, Keith and Catherine. Um, I don't know what you're actually talking about. Um, I think there's people waiting to come to speak. I mean, I'm waiting. Um, if you forgotten. Someone's there. That's right. I think you tried to call me um, a little while ago, David. But I will. I will get in contact with you again. Don't worry. Uh, if you if you can, we don't know if you can. Hello, but, yes. um, you might have run out of minutes, mate. You've run out of credit. <laughs> run out of credit. About <laughs> <laughs> ten years old, then. Run out of credit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember being a kid and like someone you really fancy and you were texting them and, and then you run out of credit just on the most important message of your life? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. You've, you've, yeah, you've just plucked up the courage to finally ask, will you go out with me? And then it's like, I'm sorry, you're zero, 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 zero credit. And you're like, Mom! <laughs> I need a tether! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she's like, why? None of your business. <laughs> oh, oh, to be a teenager again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, especially at the birth of the uh, the phone of the, you know. Yeah. I think my first phone was the Savvy. It was like this vibrating blue thing. It was really weird. <laughs> I think my first phone, I my no mum got through. <laughs> I think my mum got my first phone free with an Avon order. <laughs> <laughs> It was like this little orange brick phone. Oh, it's disgusting. And I, I had it for about two years and she only ever topped it up once. She only put ever put ten pound on it. Oh my word. What you only used ten pound? No, like it ran out of credit, but then I, I just didn't use it. Oh, okay. I think I it was say, just you only used ten pounds. You obviously didn't have many uh many young suitors to uh to woo <laughs> i still don't have any suitors to woo so we're all right <laughs> i know i'm in the same boat i'm uh, you know especially with this like second lockdown coming it's very difficult to woo in it because you're yeah. like yeah i think we should really meet i really fancy you what are you doing in four weeks <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing this time so- next year yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I think we should go on a date. I know. How's May the (laughs) twentieth? I I have been on a couple of lockdown dates, but they're just a bit weird. Like, because you can't just like it's like can I hook you? Can I like because as well? I I don't think you really know where people's boundaries lie with everything. So it's a bit awkward. Like like I've seen friends and stuff. Like when I've been out and about, and they've been like, "Can I hook you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course you can." Like. But <laughs> just like, I think we all know what I think of COVID and by that comment. Yeah. But, uh, Whereas I, I would just, I just want to make people feel a bit awkward, like in life anyway. I quite, I quite get off on, you know, putting people in awkward situations and just seeing how they deal with it. So if someone came up to hug me, I'd just go, no, don't touch me. Who do you think you are? I don't know this person. I don't know this person. <laughs> Help. 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 <laughs> but, uh, so, no. yeah, dating in lockdown yeah. stuff has been an experience that I, I don't think I'd recommend. 
It's horrible. Literally, I was seeing this guy and he was local to where I was. And the only time that we could really have a conversation was through my window. <laughs> it's like I was really bad. That. <laughs> I know. And you know, like when you really fancy someone, you're just looking and thinking, oh, I just really want you to come like rip my clothes off and just, you know, have a night of passion. But no, he was yeah. like stuck behind a double glazing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the one time he came round and I pretended that I was in a care home and that I couldn't remember who he was. <laughs> I know that's bad. I know that's bad taste, but he he thought it was very funny. And I was like, oh. have you come to feed me through the straw? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I just send voice messages to people. If I'm like, if I'm sort of like meet someone, like if I on Tinder, for example, if you swipe right and you match, I just don't, texting now for me is just really impersonal yeah you know i'm about sending the voice messages which is why this app for me is just like brilliant because it is one long discussion and talking isn't it i like talking i like it a lot (laughs) i think um, as well especially at at the current situation having speaking to people that you that are outside your apartment like do you know what i mean i've spent since march with the same person i'm I need someone new to talk to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can I just say something that's just like, just like come to me, which is really funny. Go on. <laughs> We're sitting here talking about that. We just have like no men in our life right now, <laughs> which actually plays in really well to the subject matter of this chat. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's just tuned in. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about the fact that we are just both single right now and the, the invisible man is the is the only relationship we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I long to be dragged around the floor. you go dead warm <laughs> you go dead warm you go have a hot flush <laughs> you sounded like a bit like a female peter k when you said that you go dead warm <laughs> dead warm. this is see, this is the really funny thing like obviously i live in manchester but <laughs> oh, <coughs> i need to get that out sorry um I, I only moved here when i was like eight so um I've, I've got a bit of a weird accent to be honest like some things i say are really northern and something like other, other times it just sounds like normal <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i love your accent i love the northern accent it's so much more um like colourful and full of emotion than the sort of bland London Essex accents. <laughs> no, I, Northerners are great. I love Northerners. Yeah. No, definitely. I've never actually like properly dated an English person. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're going to say. I bet you thought I was going to say a Northerner. I've never properly dated a Northerner. 
That's but what no, I, I thought you were going to say, and then you completely freed me with the English person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never dated a, a Southerner, a Westerner, or an Easterner either, if that's the thing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my first, like, proper relationship was with an American, and then my second one was with a Canadian. So I think, I think I've definitely got a type. <laughs> yeah. The other side of the Atlantic like... being that type. <laughs> No, I think it's just that I like people from bigger land masses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, I was just wondering, how, how big is your land mass? <laughs> <laughs> how many acres do you own? <laughs> it's all about the acres. Yeah. Yeah, but knowing like gay men, you know, someone will mess that going eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I think you may have misunderstood the question, my friend. I don't, I don't want to know that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't being, you know, clever. I actually meant like, how much land do you have, and where do you live? <laughs> yeah, I oh, couldn't, I couldn't date down with a backyard. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't couldn't date anyone from New Zealand because I think they're smaller than us, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like they're square footage per person might be quite quite large yeah it's oh, quite it's yeah. quite hilly isn't it <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get you all excited on, on Sunday afternoon <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep, keep keep talking about per person square foot <laughs> keep coming <laughs> <laughs> I was sick a little bit in my mouth then. I, I think that's a signal that I might need to stop <laughs> talking about doing that weird voice. I always do that voice to Jerome. I think it really annoys him. I was going, hello, Jerome, how are you today? <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shut up! Shut Jerome's accent. Shut up, bloody hell. Yeah, bloody hell, fuck's sake, Keith. Shut up. Love him. Love that boy. I do do love playing the role of, you know, flirting with him to wind him up. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I go, so, Jerome, are we going to see each other again? After every chat, he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) He's so funny. (laughs) Love winding it up. I feel like he only... Yeah, he doesn't live that far away from me, to be honest, I don't think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think we're probably about 20 minutes away from each other. Oh, okay. That's not far at all. No. After the lockdown, wouldn't it be really weird if we all did meet up and we just like kept calling each other by our avatar names? Like, hello, <sighs> Catherine Nexo, how are you? <laughs> I'd definitely abbreviate it though. You'd just be XO. XO. Well, the thing is, I had it as my um, social media handle, which is CHDXO. But then everyone yeah. started putting an A in it and started calling me Chad. And I was like, no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Chad. How's it going? <laughs> and then we all got into this massive topic conversation about Chads. And I was like, what have I started? Oh, my God. <laughs> And then Dave was getting Dave was getting confused by who I was, so I was like, "Oh, do you know what? I better just change it to my name." Yeah, that's it. 
keep it simple. I was saying next next year, like twenty twenty one, if like Kel changes it from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, it's just going to confuse so many people. Uh, it's going to be carnage. It's going to be carnage. David's going to be going. Who who are you? What's going on? <laughs> We're like, where's Kel twenty twenty? Yeah, bring back Kel twenty twenty. I think he got. I think he's majorly confused with um, the fact that everyone's changing their avatars because Halloween's over. I mean, I am. I'm not going to lie. I saw Jerome's like yeah. avatar today. I was like, who the fuck is that? I know. I was like, Jerome. I was like, when did I follow this person? I was like, oh my yeah. god. I, I didn't recognise him without a pumpkin head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jerome, if you're listening, you need to bring back the pumpkin because you're just confusing everybody. I think you should just have it all year round and just be a little <laughs> bit like, you know, if someone asks, just go, none of your business. <laughs> fucking hell now to do with you now now to do with you fucking uh, fuck off I can't do it very well <laughs> <laughs> I think we had one night, we were... before you started that and now we've got none <laughs> <laughs> the other night we were um, having a chat with Nick you know Nick who's got the reports the, 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 you know that um, have you met have you spoke to Nick? Nick yeah lovely Nick. yeah I think I was in a chat with you guys Oh, yeah, yeah, you were. And he was going, Northerners are in. Well, that was it. I mean, <laughs> Jerome's Jerome's ego just... <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the answer to every question to me from that moment on was, yeah, but Northerners are in. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I think I think he went and did a chat with Kel afterwards and was like, oh, we were speaking to this guy and he was like, he said my voiceovers were good and Northerners were in. <laughs> No, he said, I heard him. He went, my voice orders were good and Northerners were in and Keith was shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard it and I was like, fucking hell. Kick him out while he's down. I know. I, you know, I think I could do a voiceover. Coming soon to a theatre near you. See, I just... Mm-hmm. What what kind of accent were you going for then? Because I was getting a bit... <laughs> I was getting a bit confused. Yeah. I was doing an, an accent from a from a la- larger landmass. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uganda, it sounded like. <laughs> no, but me and my brother used to always um, do the... <coughs> what was it? The... Um, the voiceover man on the trailers. Oh, yeah, he is legendary. He is. I could sit and listen to him all day. Yeah. We used to do the one for, the. I think it was Alien 3. This is so geeky. This is so geeky. You, you can go and have a, a wee break if you want while I do it. But <laughs> it was like Alien 3 and the, tra- and the voiceover was like, in 1979, we learned that in space, no one can hear you scream. In 2001, we will learn that in on Earth, everybody can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my brother used to do it all the time. Like, if we were having an argument or something, or my mum was, like, having a go at us, all my brother would have to do is go, in 1979. And then we'd just go completely go off. You know, That's I, I brilliant. Just... Yeah, me and my brother used to love the Alien films. Again, I don't think I've ever watched them, but it's not my it's not my thing. I no, not it's not your genre. Not my cup of tea. 
No, I think the first one is good. I mean, the first film, I know that Ridley Scott that directed the first film, his intention was to make the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in space. Okay. So if that don't float your boat, then you're, never, then you're not going to like it. No, see, I'm not really like a sci-fi like that. Right, yeah. Star Trek and stuff. That's understandable. Right. Not winnable. Lo- lovely Catherine, I am going to have to depart purely for the fact that I can hear my tummy rumbling and it's beginning to sound a little bit distressed. It's fine. <laughs> I've got I've got to go and get my nails done. <gasps> Your nails done? My nails have got to be done. On a Sunday? Yeah, well, we're going into lockdown, aren't we? And I'm not going to do it any <laughs> the next four weeks. No. So. You're going to look like, like some sort of under like cave dweller when you come out uh, of uh, lockdown. You know the last lockdown your, your was, talons. was enough. Uh, <laughs> last lockdown I had no nails and had an eyebrow wax for about three months. Oh my <laughs> god. Walking back into work like just ignore what I look like. <laughs> yeah I'm really sorry that I look like stick of the dump right now. <laughs> but you know lockdown. What can you do? <laughs> It's Boris's fault. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's make a plan. Um, Like, if you want to watch something, um, do you want to? Do you want to give me something to watch? A recommendation. Um, I feel like you've probably watched everything that I've watched. (laughs) I'm trying to think. Never think about what I've watched recently. Um. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so cute. I, I, I can't think what I've watched recently. What have I watched recently? Have you watched um oh what's that film on Netflix called? One second. Okay. It, it surprisingly, I'm surprised that I liked it because it is an action film. Okay. Oh, I'm a little bit okay. excited. You've probably watched it. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll lie if I have. Oh, shit, I shouldn't it, have told you that, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's called, called Six Underground. I haven't seen it. No, I'm, I'm right. being serious. Oh, my serious. God, you need, you need to go and watch it. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it. Oh, well, I'm it's sold. absolutely fantastic film. The opening scene to that film is one of the best things that I'll have watched. Like, I'm a bit of a car nerd so i'm quite into cars um for a girl so watching that opening scene it oh my god it's just you need to go and watch it it's great underground six underground yeah i'm writing it down now boom boom underground six six is in the number six it's not written out s-i-x it's the number six okay six right that's on the list so my my homework is to watch six underground and your homework is to watch Hush. 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 Yes. Yeah, deal? Yeah, deal. Excellent. And then um, we'll have a chat and then maybe you can... Um, I'm pretty much free a lot of the time. Uh, the only mm-hmm. thing, obviously, when we... on From Thursday, I'm just going to be like a little husk in the corner. Like, doing nothing. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So what I'll do is I'll let you schedule the chats and then I'll just let you know like if it's cool or not. 
Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I'm not because you are. Not sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if we're furloughing or if we're working from home. I mean, obviously, my line of business, everything's closing, so I'm assuming we're back yeah. to the furlough dream. But find out. Sure. Well, yeah, exactly. So, but because you probably have more responsibilities than I do at the moment, what I'll do is I'll <laughs> let you schedule the chat. How, how's that? Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll um. Want to know what's happening tomorrow? I'll uh, I'll schedule you in. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. No, it's been uh, fun. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, I feel I feel quite accomplished that I've opened a filmer's mind to, to other possibilities. You definitely, you definitely have, and I think I think that the reason for that is because, um, especially with this with the Invisible Man, I just. Because I I knew the story from before from reading the book, mm-hmm. so therefore I was I think in my head I was comparing like what had gone before with the new film and I and like I don't go too deep into things anyway because I'm a man, um, <laughs> and that would take up too men- much mental capacity to do that. But you obviously are so much better than that than me. So I think that when we come together and do film reviews, I think we're going to have two very different perspectives, which was makes for a very interesting chat. It certainly does. Certainly does. Yay. Right, Catherine, I'm going to go and punch <laughs> on something probably extremely okay. unhealthy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's sod it, sod it Sunday, so it's fine. Yeah. You haven't told yourself that for the last six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sod it's Monday. Monday. Yeah, I've got Fuck It Friday, Sod It Saturday, <laughs> Sod It Sunday, Wanky Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely, we're going to schedule something very, very soon. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, lovely. You yep, take care. Right, Have a good day. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Films I Love Most podcast live. Don't forget, you can get involved on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send us an email with any suggestions or recommendations, you can send those to filmilovemostpodcast at yahoo.com. Thank you very much. And I hope that you join us next time here at the Films I Love Most podcast. (laughs) 